1: Love talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for
2: my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Law put is end into my running
3: and I'm so far from my home. We will not go home. gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear. Why am you so scared and all alone?
1: Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. and would like to play
3: coming down from the gallows, and I don't have
2: Welcome back to the Black and Gold NFL Recap. My name is Matt Searles and usually we are joined by Fred and Sabo, but Sabo is not with us this week. It's his wife's birthday today, so happy birthday to Mrs. Sabo. But I got Fred with me, so Fred, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Matt, uh,
0: doing great. Yeah, and happy happy birthday to Mrs. Sabo. We'll miss uh, we'll miss Bob tonight, but I hope he they enjoy whatever they're celebrating. I am, Matt, tonight I am feeling like a superhero. <laughs> and, and you may ask why, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, I got together with uh, my family today to celebrate some Christmas because next week we will be in Pittsburgh watching the Ravens. So we, so we celebrated today, and my grandson, who's six years old, picked out my gift for me, and he got me some lounge pants with Marvel Superheroes on them So I have nice. Iron Man I got Iron Man and Captain America And the Hulk and some guy named Power Man who I didn't even know existed But I'm feeling like a superhero <laughs> Tonight
2: <laughs> it's it's all good. Good. Awesome. So Christmas came early for you guys And then you get it yes. in In a week that's going to be a a heck of a game It's going to be awesome I, I almost wish that the Steelers were selling those $1 tickets Like the Browns fans were So we I could go to that one too <laughs> It's going to be awesome. But, all right, we definitely want to uh, welcome everyone listening. And if anyone wants to call in at any time, the number is 347-850-8581. If not, and I know what you guys are going to say, we're watching this riveting matchup between Matt Moore and Bryce Petty. Stop talking. We're trying to concentrate on this. I understand that is a game of the year. But if you guys want to talk football, talk Pittsburgh Steelers, talk how the NFL playoffs are shaping up, feel free to call in at any time during the show. All right, Fred. So starting out, I guess the best way to start it out, and this game is talked about a talk about a little, a little bit um, on our other podcast, but let's start with a little recap of Steelers versus the Bills. Steelers, of course, took this one 27-20. It's a game that was, a, you know, I guess final score makes it seem closer than it was. If you watch this game, all the way through. This is a game that very easily could have been, you know, 35 to 10, but ended up 27-20 in part due to some turnovers, especially in the red zone. Story of the game, though, Le'Veon Bell. And it's funny because, I mean, he's been having a great really year and a really good month, but a guy has this kind of game, and then he's just all over NFL.com, com, ESPN. He's everywhere. Now everyone's talking about him in the MVP race, and it's like they're just starting to realize exactly how good this guy is. But 298 yards from scrimmage, 42 touches. He's averaging 161 yards from scrimmage per game, which is the highest total since Jim Brown. It was It was just an amazing game from him, good game from the defense. The only really flaw that I saw, and something that continues to be a little problem, which I want to get into some, has been struggling on the road with three turnovers, not pretty. None of them really pretty, and he could have had four or five, honestly. But thoughts on the game, Fred? What would you think, it?
0: Yeah, like 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 you said. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, Le'Veon Bell. Um, when you, when you start getting mentioned with with Jim Brown as the only other guy in in, in you know mentioned in a sentence. You're up there. The thing with and a lot of it was. I mean Bell, the way he runs creates it. But he said, and, you, and if if anybody watched the game and if you rewatch it, the offensive line. This this statistic, uh, Bell had over 170 yards before contact. So the offensive line was just I not, I can't remember uh, a game where they've ever played better. I can't remember the offensive line playing that well even back when they had that great offensive line for, end the cowards, uh coaching career. So the line did it. Um, the Knicks, uh, Steelers.com listed a number of different packages they ran out of. It was like seven different personnel groupings. And no matter which one they ran out of, they were all successful. But the Steelers really have been more recently in used a lot against the Bills. Chris Hubbard giving him time as a as a tight end to bring an extra alignment of the blocker. Also using it was the most uh, snaps Nick's got like twenty five. They were just blowing people out even on Bell's last touchdown run. Bell got the ball, he's still in the seven yard line and Ben put his hands in the air to touchdown touchdown <laughs> there was nobody uh, he knew there was nobody gonna stop him. Nick's was blocking guys into the end zone before he got it. So um, like you, I, I'm worried a little bit, like you mentioned, with Ben on the road. Uh, the conditions, even though they were horrible, snowy, a little bit of wind. The first one, they said, was a miscommunication with Greed. The second one, he said they, they hurried to get the playoff, and he didn't you know, wait. He and AB a, kind of miscommunicated. Um, the last one, uh, I don't know how he missed that, because Jesse James is wide open. If he folded it too much, Ben talking about it for his money he said, I throw it the exact same way. The, the, the linebacker made a heck of a play, which he did, but I, I still think you, you got to get that one. The thing that I think Ben, even with that, I, I'm not worried about him. It, there is a pattern on the road, but his last game on the road before that against the Colts, he, he played fantastic. Um, so, and I, I I think he'll bounce back fine. What bothered me uh, was the way they finished the game because, as you said, it could have easily been like thirty-five to ten, and they were up twenty-four to seven, and then the Bills got eighty-one yards on two plays. They hit a, a little dump, dump pass on third down that Shazier, missed a tackle on McCoy. They had about three other missed tackles on the play, and then the very uh, two plays later.
1: Uh,
0: Chicolo just missed getting Tyrod from behind. Burns went for the interception, didn't get it. The two Steelers, Gay and Davis, you know, knocked each other off and claimed it. So sloppy to finish it out. And uh, the good thing you hear about that, uh, Keith Butler was talking about it. That they he was disappointed in that the players were talking about how they were disappointed. So again, I think that's, to me looking at it, my take was they're young. They got to a point, and I think they got sloppy and lazy in their technique. They were going for the big play and didn't get it. So just need to finish. And to use a Tom, one of them, it's, it, you know, there's things you got to improve on, but it's good to learn these lessons while you're winning. So plus, yes, yeah, their, absolutely. Their, their defense, like you said, was dominant. I would have maybe uh, – I think we're all worried about the Steelers defending the run. Because every time so far this year and previously they face a top ten running team they've lost, and to do the number that they did on the Bills with McCoy, the number one rushing attack with McCoy, um, averaging over five yards a carry, Tyrod being a big part of that, uh, and I think it was part of it was the plan they put together. You could see they 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 wanted to contain Tyrod, even his scrambling. Besides these iron runs, his scrambling, they contained him. He had no he had nowhere to go. He didn't run for anything um, so to me that was maybe one of the most impressive the Bills really they ran for 67 yards but 34 of them were right at the end of the first half when they just ran the ball twice and so, so really they held the Bills like uh, about 30 37 yards rushing just impressive um, Bud Dupree I think we mentioned he had his first two sacks he actually got credited I don't know if you saw he uh, they changed a couple of the scoring which sometimes they'll do they go back and relook look and uh, Sean Davis had one-and-a-half sacks. They they uh, took away half of one for Davis and credited to him with a whole one. And then another one that Davis had, uh, they split with Dupree, so Dupree ended up with two-and-a-half. Um, so really a big game, but um, just impressed that the defense continues to play fast, and they're getting pressure um, with with the concerns we had. Still, I of probably their most to me their most impressive road win on the year because Indianapolis they beat was well, out luck to beat a team that uh, could have hit them where they can you know supposedly are weak with uh, their their one defense or could be weak with their one defense, especially with they only had four defensive linemen healthy for their game with Javon missing it. And uh, also the Bills were, uh, if not leading the, league, the sacks toward the top, and they didn't touch Ben. That was like the third out of the last four games uh, that their offensive line did not give up a sack. Again, according to how well their offensive line is playing. So, yeah, uh, and I think they may have uh, – then may just be the end of, of Rex. Usually boisterous. I watched him part of the clip of him talking after the game. He Rex sounded defeated. I don't know if you had a chance to catch it, but he just sounded, you know, like he was
2: beat. Um, so sure, I mean, if, so, if you hear some of the uh, the questions that the reporters are asking him, it I, I read the transcript. I, I didn't actually hear the. The interview, but I read the transcript of the the press conference, and they are just hammering him. I I was thinking I cannot imagine people talking to Tomlin this way. They were just going after him, you know, saying, you know, uh, there's rumors going around about your job, and Rex saying I I didn't hear anything, and then they'll come back at him. Don't you don't you think that you should be hearing things, and does that speak to you know um, your connections and the in the and the team and everything like that? And it was. It was just really something to hear that way. So I, I don't know. They've got three winnable games coming up. I believe they've got the Jets, the Browns, and I want to say the Dolphins left. If I that's right off the I stop my head. If that's right, but who knows? It could be the end of the Rex. But if he ends this on a three-game winning streak, streak, then you know he's he's making a case for himself. But we had a caller on the line, but I think we might have we might have lost you. Um, if, if you want to call back to the numbers, 347-850-8581, 8, 8, and we'll be sure to get you on this time. Anything else with that one, Fred, or do you want to move on?
0: No, to just briefly touch on, we brought the point, you know, do we think that uh, Tyrod is going to be their guy going forward? Uh, I, I I would tend to doubt it, especially since they only gave a one-year contract this year. So uh, I think his weaknesses are showing that he he does not deliver well from the pocket, and that's when the Steelers kept him in the pocket and made him really into well, and other teams have shown that. So if it was, if my guess is, I think the Bills look for another quarterback. So,
2: Yeah, and it's, it's tough because I think there are a lot of teams out there who would, you know, who want a guy like Tyrod Taylor who would take that over what they have right now, but also <laughs> honestly, this is it, it's a fear of mine post Ben Roethlisberger that the Steelers are going to get a guy like a an Andy Dalton, a Joe Flacco, uh, uh, Kirk Cousins kind of guy who's not great but he's better than you know some other starters in the league, and you commit to him long term, and then that's that. That's your limbo. You're an Alex Smith. Limbo for the next 10 years And that is one of my big fears So it, it's bad because Tyrod Taylor is a Virginia Tech guy I'm from Virginia, I want him to do well But at the same time I understand That if he's not the guy Then you, you need to find yourself an elite Quarterback and he he Doesn't look elite, he looks like he has Talent But he's certainly not a top 5 Quarterback right now And he, he's what in his 6th or 7th year I think he spent four with the Ravens, so maybe it's right. fifth or sixth year. So, who knows? It'll be interesting to see going forward. They've got big decisions to make that front office does. New head coach possibly, new quarterback possibly. It'll be interesting to see moving forward. But, all right, moving onward to next game. And some of these games are just going to fly through. Some of them we'll talk about a little bit. One we're just going to fly through is Redskins over the Eagles, 27. Uh, Eagles have had 22. Eagles are just kind of on a downward trend right now. It really just goes to show you how this league is week to week and start to finish. I mean, it's hard to imagine the Eagles were once 3-0, beat us badly. Them and the Vikings were, you know, they're both going to go to the NFC championship and play each other. And now it looks like neither one of them are going to make the playoffs. it's an interesting league that we enjoy so much. We have Bengals (laughs) 23 versus the Browns with 10. This one I want to discuss just a little bit because we are playing the Bengals. And while the offense did have a game, it's hard to really gauge that because of the level of competition they were playing the Browns. But just something to look forward to tomorrow and me and Fred, we were talking about this just before we got on air, but the Bengals' O-line is just atrocious right now. It It's odd because they've, they've had a pretty good O-line. I I would say one of the top five O-lines the past couple of years, and you just didn't hear about Andy Dalton getting sacked very much. But the Browns had a heck of a day rushing Andy Dalton. I want to say they, they sacked him four times. Is that what you said, Fred? Sacked him four times, yeah. Sacked With him two. four times, and Isaiah Crowell... One off and rush on them for over 100 yards. And I was talking with Fred and I was saying, what are the last, what are the two main things that this year are doing really well over the past four or five weeks on this win streak? And that's rushing the ball and rushing the quarterback. And if that's, you know, the Bengals' biggest weakness, that matches up perfectly with what we're doing right now. And this could be a long game for them. I'm not saying. It's going to be a blowout or anything like that because this is a division game. You never know what can happen. It's on the road. But I I would be – and I don't want to get too much of it because we will talk about this game moving forward. But it's, it's just something, you know, I was surprised at that. The Browns were kind of in this with RG3 just playing horribly. And do you think RG3 is even in the league next year, Fred? The, the way he's playing, he, he played – One game before, got injured, came back in this one, just played dreadful, had a flea flicker from his end zone. They got picked off, thrown into double coverage. He's throwing just bombs. I think his average um, yard for attempt or something was over 20 yards. It, It was just bombs all the time, and he wasn't completing them. So I don't know, and I'm sure he'll stick around somewhere, but he's not a starting quarterback anymore, right? I I don't think he is.
0: I don't, I don't know if he ever. I mean, after that great rookie year,
2: uh, he's kind of.
0: I don't. I w- uh, I should check to see. I don't know what what his contract situation is uh, with uh, with with Cleveland. The you know if it's if it was just a one year deal, a two year deal, I, I would think the Browns they're going to go with. Oh, uh, uh, Cody Kessler. Next year we'll move forward and keep RG3 there. And if if there's a quarterback, when I heard in the draft, I mean there's not. It's not a great one. I mean if if they try to get Deshaun Watson maybe, and after that, but uh, then you're going to have two young guys with Kessler and them, and like you keep RG3 just as a vet, he's a, a veteran believe we were not present. I don't know, uh, but I I don't see him as a starter in Cleveland. Maybe a backup again, not knowing what his contact situation. Yeah, like I said, I I don't know why they called the flea flicker from their, <laughs> inside their five yard line, but again, he threw. I I don't think it was double cover. I think it was triple cover. I mean, you, you just can't throw that ball. So uh, first game back if he's pressing, um, but yeah, the the Bengals won. Uh, not impressive. You can almost compare it to just the, by the score. By when we beat Cleveland, it was a similar score twenty three to ten, we sure. went twenty four to nine. But uh I think overall we played a a lot a lot better and Ben didn't get touched in that game. As you said, That Dalton got sacked four times, so uh the Bengals won, but uh I think it says a whole heck of a lot
2: about them. That the last two teams they have in are the Eagles. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about the Eagles just a little bit and it I'll tell you it's the Browns fans, you know, if anyone excited about them doing bad it's it's the Browns fans right now because earlier it was looking like that pick they got from Philly was going to be bottom of the round, you know, because Eagles are doing pretty well. Now it looks like it could be – I think right now it's on 12. It looks like it would be a top ten pick they get from them. So two picks inside the top ten, that could definitely go a long way. And I know it doesn't look like there's any great quarterbacks right now, but I guarantee you as we move closer and we get into April and May and everything – there will be quarterbacks that just Shoot up because it's the Quarterback needy teams it's like when you shop hungry You don't really <laughs> Want all of it you don't really need it And you know it's just It's just a hot dog from someone I understand But man it looks so Good when you're hungry So it's, <laughs> as we move forward I, I think we're going to see a lot of A lot of that and I would be surprised If the Browns will make a move on someone early After passing up Carson Wentz Last year But Moving right along, Dolphins versus the Cardinals. Dolphins won this one 26-10. Uh, big story in this one is Ryan Tannehill goes down late in the game. I believe it was fourth quarter. Matt Moore comes in, able to get them to the win. Matt Moore taking his first meaningful snaps in five years, snaps in the game since 2011, and was able to come in and secure that win for them, which was big. Early reports were Tannehill had a torn ACL or torn MCL, and you can see him on the sideline. I don't know if you've seen the video, but he's on the sideline, teary-eyed. It looks like he's telling his teammates what, what happened and what the news is. It looks like he's telling them that his season's done. But now coming out, it sounds like it's just a sprain. So similar to what you know Ben had, so he could be back potentially for the playoffs if they make it and that is wishful thinking right now as I believe in three minutes the kickoff between the Dolphins and the Jets start the game that they must have if they want to get into this playoff team or playoff race they need to win out. Moving right along, Vikings over the Jaguars twenty five to sixteen. Not really a need to spend much time on this one. Viking offense had maybe the best game of the year. They put up over 400 yards. at three plays of over 40 yards. Defense, obviously, without Harrison Smith, in there, sheesh is looking a bit um, lacking. It's it's not the same defense at all. Jaguars fall to two and eleven and have lost their seventh straight game in a row. Falcons over Rams. Falcons 42, Rams 14. This one was painful for for me because I was in the fantasy playoffs and the guy was playing at the top, which put up something like thirty points and kicked me out of the playoffs. So <laughs> that was just rough, and I don't want to relive that one by talking about this one. Packers over Seahawks, thirty-eight to ten. Texans over Colts, twenty-two to seventeen. I I tell you, the Texans. I don't I don't know how they're doing it. Their quarterback is not good. Talk about someone I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor then. Even Tower Taylor with Brock Osweiler all day. I don't know how he's doing it, but the Texans—they're—they're they're just winning. They beat Andrew Luck and the Colts to get 185 yards on the ground. Um, a lot of that from Lamar Miller. Jadavian Clowney is playing extremely well. He's got a forced fumble, a sack fumble, helped cause an interception. Andrew Luck was harassed in the pocket 13 times, and it's. It, it's it was it's just weird watching these teams. It, it's a team that you think should be good with Andrew Luck and the Colts, and it's a team that should be bad with Brock Osweiler and the Texans, and it just didn't play out how anyone really thought it would. But moving along, Titans over Broncos, thirteen to ten. Lions over the Bears, twenty to seventeen. Quick note on this one: Matt Barkley is. Made himself uh, some money. I, I think. I think he's secured a job as a backup. You know, for for the next eight, ten years. This guy is. He's played better than a lot of backups in the league. I'd take him over Landry Jones right now for sure. I take him <laughs> over Mike Vick last year. He's he's played well, and with a bad O line, a bad team, no receivers. It it it's surprising that he's playing this well, and it's it's good to see from someone who no one was really expecting much of. Uh, Panthers over the Chargers, 28-16. Jets over the 49ers, 23-17. to Bucks over the Saints, 16-11. to And Giants over Cowboys, 10-7. to That was a big game for sure. It was a very, very surprising game. I said on here before I thought it was going to be a blowout by the Cowboys. I believe you picked them also, Fred. And this was a this was a weird game. I don't think anyone was expecting the Cowboys to put up seven points, right? Uh,
0: I didn't. I don't remember who I picked. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm not totally shocked that the Giants won. They beat them in Week One, but of course, I, you know, probably say, well, that was Dak's first game. It was Zeke's first game. They only beat them by one. And the Giants, even though they have a good record, we we played them. We saw they're they're not that impressive when you watch them play, but they do have a good defense, and they do have they can stop the run. And uh, you know the Giants' offense again didn't do anything. They had one play from from OBJ, that was it, and they took that slant and went sixty yards, and uh, which is what I was afraid of playing the Giants when, when the Steelers played them. Don't let Absolutely. them get a big play with Odell. And they didn't. And that was the difference. I don't know. And we will see come up, you know, this this week's game. The Cowboys' the last two games have not looked good. They beat the Vikings, and they lost to the Giants. Those two games are on the road. So you can kind of go, well, late in the season, we say it's a week-to-week league. It's a long season, a division game on the road. Is always tough, and but we'll see if it was just you know is that coming back down to earth? Are teams figuring them out, so to speak? Um, a little bit of a I won't say playoff game, but playoff type atmosphere. You're in you know MetLife Stadium, home of the Giants. They need this game. They beat you once. They're going to try to show you that it wasn't an accident. So it's a big game for that respect. Because, you know, if the Cowboys win, they 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 solve the division. They got it all. So in that way, it was you know one of the one of the first really big playoff like games. So I don't know if that was a factor or not. Um, after the game, the Cowboys' uh, quiet owner Jerry Jones uh, mentioned something about. Oh, uh, we'll <laughs> back. In. And then he kind of took it back later in the week, but you know. Of all the people to stir up a controversy, why is it your, your your team owner? You just be quiet, but Jerry doesn't know how to be quiet. So um, interesting, yeah. I I'm not. I wasn't shocked uh, just because the Giants beat them the first time. So, but surprised at how, eh, you know the the Cowboys' offense played, and, and Zeke had 100 yards. So it wasn't like, I mean, it, it was the most bizarre 100 yards because he didn't look like he was dominating the game, and he wasn't, but he had some, some decent runs. So we'll see. Very interesting. It, it certainly, if the Giants had beat the Steelers the, the week before, it would have really given them a chance at the, the division. It, it didn't. So I'm I'm really looking to see how Dallas does this week, to see if this is a trend or they get back on the road at home. But, yeah,
2: certainly. Enjoy. Sure, and we were all talking uh, a week or two ago about who we thought the best team in the NFL was right now. And I think everyone said Cowboys. And I'll I, I tell you, this, this year's teams, and maybe it speaks to that there's no real dominant defense in the NFL right now, but it seems like this year's teams do not stack up against, you know, Super Bowl teams from previous years. Everyone looks vulnerable in their own way. I, I believe the Patriots are – ahead of everyone else, but, I mean, everyone seems to have their weakness, whether it's the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, whoever. I feel (laughs) like if they were playing last year's Super Bowl champs or the year before, it it wouldn't be close. But last game we'll get to before we move along to the news and next week's games and playoff pictures and all that is, of course, the Patriots versus the Ravens a game that all of us, I believe, watched extremely closely as we rooted for the Patriots, a game that I was happy and upset about at the same time because this, again, partially blew me out of my family <coughs> league because Julio Jones got hurt and was ruled out last minute, so I had to scramble and pick up Terrence West, who gave me one point, so that, that <laughs> just sealed, sealed my defeat. But Patriots over the Ravens, 30-23, to 23, It's a game that kind of reminds you, again, of that Steelers-Bills score where the box score says, hey, it's a one-touchdown game. But really, if it's not for two very un-Patriots-like mistakes, you know, turnover, Tom Brady doesn't throw turnovers this year, and he throws a turnover in this game. Of course, the Ravens get that luck. There's just key special teams' mistakes, turnovers that give the, the Ravens a chance. So. This could have been a blowout. I would say it was a lot closer to 30-7 to seven than it was uh, for the Ravens to win this one. But any thoughts on this one, Fred?
0: Yeah, and like you said, I will just correct. You said uh, you're rooting for the Patriots. The way I put it, because it's the only way I could stomach this, is that I was rooting against the Ravens. I, yeah, Absolutely. I can't get myself to say I was rooting for the Patriots. So, yeah, what you said, I mean, the, the Patriots were dominating. Um from pretty much the beginning, and, and when they got up to 20, the, they held the Ravens to start the ball in the second half. They went down and scored. It's 23 to 3. They forced the Ravens to punt, and they're like, This, they're just running away with it. And then, I don't get this. Like you said, from Bill Belichick, coach team, they said that their punt return, Cyrus Jones, they fumbled like three punts already this year, and he still hasn't back there. And if you're not going to feel the punt, what do you do? You run away from the ball. He stands right there, lets the ball hit him and then doesn't run after it. I don't know if he's trying to fool people into thinking it didn't touch him. And then they fumbled it and gave the ball like on the three yard line. Um so exactly right. That, that that gave him life, they scored, and then they fumbled the ensuing kickoff and they scored again. But then the Patriots went down and and, and, and uh <laughs> Scored on a blown coverage by Eric Weddle. Weddle took the credit for, or the blame, if you will. People were blaming on Matt Lee because he's under safety and he's not very good, but he said it was him and he, he got like, he took a, what, 80 yard touchdown to uh, Hogan. So, yeah, that, the, the Ravens hung in. You could say it was luck. I think some of it was luck. But I will say that as much as I don't like them, with Harbaugh coaching them, they're tough minded. You know, and they, they don't give up. And uh, so they hung in there. Uh, one of our other uh, contributors at BTSE, uh, Nick Martin, who writes under Fear Ninety Four, he pointed out during the game something that he saw. that He thought when the Patriots were going down early and scoring, the way to beat the Raven defense, because he studied them a lot. He studied a lot of films, saying how impressed he is with how disciplined they are on defense and their gap assignments, their assignments. But so they're tough to beat. But well, when the Patriots are going to hurry up and passing a lot, running some. He said, they're disciplined, but they don't necessarily have a lot of fast athletes on that side. So if you hurry up and get them in one-on-one matchups out in space, you can beat them. And he pointed to the, the Steeler game when we played them. In the fourth quarter, we were forced to pass and did that and scored twice. Maybe some of that was with the Ravens playing loosely, but I I would tend to agree that that might be something, even though it's, you know, not to jump ahead a week, but just to touch, even those Steelers are doing well running the ball, that they might be better served to come out throwing the ball against the Ravens than what they did the first time they played them and, and, and stick it to it. The Patriots, like you said, look at them. The best team and the most disciplined, but their defense can be, uh, if you if you notice in that game too, they don't have a pass rusher. They do not have a tremendous pass rusher. Their sack numbers are in, in, the, in the 20s. They they traded away Chandler Jones. They traded away Collins. So, and they have given up more big plays here. So, the Patriots look great offensively, and their defense is sound They don't give up points because they stiffly link it, but they can be had. I don't know if we'll, we'll have a chance of them again, but anyways, yeah, glad that the Ravens lost. What it does is give us a cushion uh, that if we were to lose another game, say this week against the Bengals, which isn't going to happen, uh, we still we beat the Ravens. We still finished the game at so gave us a little cushion. But hate seeing those yes, teams play each other.
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll, take, we'll take the Ravens' loss. And to your point of throwing on the Ravens, that that could be key, especially if their quarterback Smith, who's out injured this week and potentially next week, misses that one too. That that could definitely be key. He's their best quarterback. And he's a guy who almost had a, a pick six on his last year from Ben and up in Baltimore in their end zone. If, uh, I believe it was just a, a tiki-tack block in the back or holding call that called it back. But um, moving on to the news. Actually, before we get to the news, I just want to give that number one more time, 347-850-8581. If anyone wants to call in, talk football, let's know what's going on with the Dolphins-Jets game right now because, of course, that is maybe the most interesting game of the year. Bryce Petty, that more to <laughs> elite quarterbacks. Elite quarterbacks, right, Fred? I know the Ravens fans like to throw that elite word around. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on that with Joe Flacco is elite. My, my take <laughs> on that is if you also run around proclaiming
2: that somebody's elite he probably isn't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And one last point on the Patriots too. I, I think, and it it speaks a lot to the coaching, I believe. But you know, if you could tell either of us before the year that if we're going into the playoffs, we have a chance to play the Patriots, and they're going to be down three players, and none of them are named Tom Brady, we could pick them. We might end up picking, you know, Gronk Jones and Collins uh, as three guys to take out that. Those are big losses, all of them, and I think they're they're catching up for sure. But, all right, moving on to the news, news item of the week, possibly. And it's one that we joked about some last week. I believe you were saying if you could come back in another life, you'd want to come back as Jeff Fisher because <laughs> you, just, you just stick around and keep making your money. might have to pick a new guy for that. Jeff Fisher is fired. He is out. As the Rams head coach, one game shy of having the all-time losing record to himself. Most games lost. He's tired right now for it. So, couldn't even win that. He's fired just before he gets to that one. Rams out. Special teams coordinator takes over as the interim head coach. And there are a lot of names being chopped around as potential replacements for the Rams. And where does they're looking. For a big, like a, like a splash. I, and it's funny because if you read a lot of the, the L.A. Um, blogs and, and the news that are coming out, they're all saying the Rams are looking for a, a Bill Walsh type of guy. And, I mean, who who isn't looking for a Bill Walsh type of guy right now? <laughs> but names that are being floated around are, are glued, and even Pete Carroll was floated around by one saying, well, they'll we'll try and get him. It's It's just all over the place. Dr. Uh, McDaniels, who knows what could happen right now, but something to keep an eye on moving forward. The owner was also non committal to the future of their GM, Les Snead, but I, I think I'd be surprised if he went out. I, I believe they're going to make big changes at the head coach, at the coordinator's position for sure. I mean, when you've got your star players like Todd Gurley calling the offense a middle school offense, it you know, there just needs to be a change. That um, I think that point to disconnect in the locker room, frustration with the players, and so obviously there needs to be a change, something that we all on the outside thought should have happened years ago because he just – I mean, they haven't had a winning record in so, so long. It's crazy. So something I, I, you know, am happy about just as someone who likes good football But according to Jeff Fisher, he is not done coaching. And an interview came out, at least part of an interview came out, and he was saying he's not done coaching and he wants a chance to play the Rams, which I guess is going to be his gift to the Rams and give them a win. I guess that's what he was saying, to thank them for all the good times. But any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I
0: I did just to start with what you just touched on, that he said – you know uh, that he wanted. He's not done, and he wants to. He wants a, a shot at them. You know, maybe to get them back. Uh, how appropriate would that be if Jeff Fisher gets the record for most losses, and it comes at the hands of the Rams? <laughs> that would be. That would be not good for him, but it might. It might be good for. Uh, you know, kind of like to tell him Jeff. I. I don't know. I. I'd, I'd honestly be surprised. If he got an, another shot uh, somewhere, I just, I, not, not right away, maybe in a year or two, maybe in a year or two, somebody will give it to him, but, and people were asking, you know, as far as firing, why fire him now? It was going to be a short week, you know, so that makes it that much tougher for that week's game. Why did they decide now? And most of the the, the thoughts were that, it just got to a point where it was becoming embarrassing. I mean, just that lost Sunday, they got destroyed by the Falcons 42 to 14. There was the comment by Gurley that you mentioned calling a middle school offense. There was the kind of, the, the comments from Eric Dickerson going back, back and forth. The week before against the Patriots in a conference call, Jeff Fisher mentioned that Danny Woodhead was a playmaker for the Patriots. Well, Danny Woodhead is not even on the Patriots. <laughs> so. So uh, he couldn't find the challenge flag against the Patriots. He had. he couldn't find his coat. So he said you know, guys talking. You know, these guys are proud guys. These owners, and you know, you're in a group of other owners when you get to meetings, and you kind of feel like the joke of the league. And they just got to a point where it's like it was it, it was too much. Um, one comment Jeff Fisher made again today that I read uh, about wanting to play. That he said, yeah, he felt he didn't. He probably wasn't even never going to be considered down the road, to be there when they got to the new stadium. So he kind of knew that already. Uh, and, I, I, and I think I he saw was. That,
2: but I disagree with that one because before the season started, he was given a, an extension on his contract. He was given a one-year extension that we just found out about actually a couple weeks ago. But he was given that before the year started. So I, I don't know. Yeah. If, you, if he's not in your future plans, why extend them before the season starts? Some of the thoughts that I heard on that, which I I can see, was that um,
0: it was it was more. Uh, they said like an extension on the contract, not necessarily guarantees going to be there. They the thoughts were that, and why they kept Jeff Fisher, beef, you know why if you're going to move to LA, why not get a new coach and 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 do it then? Fisher had been to a move of a franchise from the Oilers going to Tennessee. So he had been through it before. And that's a lot to deal with. The whole team, uh, uh, you know, kind of temporary practice facilities, getting all the players. So they wanted him for that because he's been through it. That's a big move. And to have a new coach, have to deal with that. And the fact that they gave him the contract extension, they said was probably more, some of the feelings were people guessing on it, was that the owners kind of wanted to give him the, the money because, I mean, he still gets paid that money. Um, you know, kind kind of to reward him for helping them get through through the move and everything. But I agree, they're gonna get if they're gonna get this brand new stadium. Um, you know, like I said, out in L, out in LA, kind of the, uh, you know related to basketball with, with Showtime. You want Showtime, you want Hollywood, you want Flash, you want offense. Jeff Fisher, whether he's a good coach or not, and he has some good coach before. He's not Mr. Excitement. <laughs> That's for sure. He's about as deadpan and, you know, even keel as a guy. So, I can believe it. I don't think they really thought he was going to be there at least a few years from now. Uh, so, I mean, because their offense, talking about, you know, they need that. But I saw, I don't remember what the number is, but a lot of their recent picks, draft picks have been on offense. So, they've been trying to address it. It just hasn't. We'll see if Jared Goff pays off down the road. But, yeah, they need. <laughs> they 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 need something Their defense uh, You know well for most part, our Aaron Donald Again de- destroying people but yeah They uh, so Jeff Goodbye good luck I don't know I don't think he's going to get a new job right away He may have to wait a few years But there's going to be a bunch of jobs At the end of this year maybe, maybe Buffalo is a place for him I don't know
2: I mean It's uh I will be so disappointed in Buffalo (laughs) if they do that. You you want to become relevant, so you bring in Jeff Fisher. I don't know. That that head coach job in L.A., that is going to be a flashy and sought-after head coaching job for whoever gets it, whoever does. And I don't buy that guys like, you know, Jake Rudin or people, you know, that aren't coaching right now are going to do it. You know, Bill Cowher coming back, stuff like that. But you know, for a coordinator, for a guy like Shanahan, who they just saw up close and personal, for a guy like Josh McDaniels, that that's definitely a job that you know, if they're waiting for you know an opportunity, that's the right one to take. I believe you got a rookie quarterback, talented running back, you got a good defense, potentially you got the pieces. I think that that is. I mean, they're gonna have their pick. I believe from some good options. But enough Jeff Fisher talks. He doesn't have enough wins for us to spend. I believe we spent as many minutes as he has wins in his career (laughs) on this topic. (laughs) Potentially, you know, the only thing that could rival this news coming out, Adrian Peterson activated from IR. Of course, he was injured back in, was it week two? I want to say week two, week three. He is back now, and, and he intends to play this Sunday. So could be a shot in the arm that the Vikings desperately need as their last in the NFL in rushing. Matt Ossian and Jerick McKinnon just not getting it done, largely due to the offensive line play. But, of course, having Adrian Peterson back just changes. he can play this Sunday, that would be great for them as they need a strong push for sure. <clears throat> Sorry about that. We've also got Julio Jones out. He was out last week. As I mentioned before, he's will be out this week. Another piece of news. We have some news coming out. Cardinals re, Arizona Cardinals released wide receiver Michael Floyd after a DUI. And this wasn't just uh, I had a few beers, cops pulled me over, and, you know, they smelled it on me kind of DUI. This was he was passed out on the side of the road, drunk with the car run kind of DUI, and the cops stopped him like that. So This was a bad one. Cardinals released him. And who do you think picked them up? New <laughs> England Patriots, of course. They get a former first-round player, which they seem to like to do a lot, and they're going to have him for the playoff run. Who knows what kind of shape he's in right now? Who knows mentally? Who knows physically what kind of shape shape he's in? Um, if that DUI was, you know, and this is all speculation, has something going on with him, but... Patriots get a receiver who, you know, he's a former first-round pick. I believe he won top 15. He's had really – he had a good season. He hasn't made a Pro Bowl before. I'm looking at his stats right now. His best year was in 2013 when he had 1,000 yards. He had five touchdowns. The past couple of years he's had six. He's had four touchdowns right now and below 500 yards for this year. But the guy's got talent. He's a good, deep threat. He was someone who I I wouldn't have been upset with the Steelers for picking him up, but I understand with of course the DUI you don't want to bring that into your locker room. But the thing with having a guy like Bill Belichick is you can pretty much bring in whoever you want and whatever happened on the outside. I mean they brought in Ocho Cinco, and you can cut his shenanigans real quick with a guy like Bill Belichick, that no nonsense kind of coach. Definitely not, you know, a players coach from that perspective. He's all business. So any thoughts on this one Fred? yeah just 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 start pretty doing his
0: job, his stuff again the the interesting like you said though uh you know the when a guy gets released and to sign him off waivers it go the waiver wire goes in the reverse order of how you finished last year, so the Patriots were you know probably like number twenty nine or thirty so Almost every other team had a chance at them and didn't put a claim in. So if somebody else wanted them, uh, they couldn't. Now, again, to your point, maybe it's that the Patriots know that they have their system and they have their way, and they're not afraid of taking a shot on a guy like this because they've proven in the past that play and they perform, and if they don't, we get rid of it. They got rid of Chandler Jones. <laughs> he did their best
2: pass watcher,
0: uh, had some issues last year, and they just get rid of him when they. I think it all stems from their belief in their system. We're going to run our system and we'll get players in. So we're not worried. You know, we're all, we stealing from those. Oh, we, you know, we, we, are we, are going to sign Bella? Do we decide to sign Bella? We're going to let you get the Castro side. And when when camp comes up, we're, we're worried about keeping these guys. The Patriots are not worried about keeping anybody. They really aren't. They don't act like they are. So I think that's the only thing I can see. It comes from that mindset because, like, like I said, almost every other team had a shot to to claim him and they didn't. Will he end up being uh a big pick up for him? Well the bowler was hurt. I don't know if he's out for the year or out, but that's another receiver, you know, that, that they lost. So they certainly can need use more help and again, with Gronk being out. So it seems like another one of those the Patriots get a guy right when they need him type of moves. <laughs> which which uh uh, does nothing but uh, increase my hate for them, but uh, we'll we'll see we'll see if it works out. I
2: I I don't know. We'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what how it turns out moving forward. But we do have a caller on the line, so I definitely want to get to you. Four one two six two one. You were on Black and Gold NFL Recap. Who we got on and what would you like to talk about?
3: It's not Bryce from Brooklyn. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, we got somebody besides Bryce. That's good. (laughs) What what was happening was uh, my blue pill just wore off. Sunny's supposed to be four hours and everything, so I'm able to call and everything like that. (laughs) No, what I was laughing about, I I just turned it on and everything, and I heard you talking about. uh, Michael Floyd, and do you know when the cops what he said no no said. okay yeah he was at he was at the light, he missed two lights, and the cops were behind him, and they said, "Would you have to drink and he said, "Uh, I just got off the plane, and I had two glasses of wine and he said it was the house wine, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh man." <laughs> oh good job, Michael. <laughs> it's an interesting. Oh
3: man, uh, David, are you
2: with us for for the rest of this, man?
3: For the rest, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You, just, you, oh, I'll yeah, if you want you me? Yeah, because you know uh, what happened. I'm listening to you guys, and it's it's better. It sounds better with you two than with me. So I said I better call <laughs> in because I don't want to lose all my money.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, like, like, like well. This he might. He was. Taylor was afraid he'd go the way of Jeff Fisher because just because we gave him that extension doesn't mean
1: nothing. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> Agree completely. Right, They're going to have so, to make some ooh. kind of splash in La La Land. Absolutely. Take... That's what we were talking about before. I'm actually a little bummed you missed all the Jeff the, the Fisher talks. I know you would have had some good points on there. But, you know, the price you pay you for sure? having a, a wife with a birthday. Pardon? Are you sure I would have had some good points? <laughs> <laughs> Potentially I don't know But alright Enough Jet Fisher Enough Patriots Moving along A little bit of news I'm sure everybody's familiar with By right now The Bengals Got their kicker Mike I don't even know how to say his last name Nugent? Mike Nugent We'll go with And they signed Randy Bullock Who of course Kicked for the Steelers In that Giants game It was funny I don't know if you guys heard uh, Danny Smith's comments on Randy Bullock Saying you know, he, he's happy for him. He, hope he does well. He, hope he has the worst game of his career, though, this week. And he wishes that he hadn't worked on him on some stuff. He hadn't worked with him on some stuff and corrected some of his mistakes that he was making. So I thought that was just kind of funny. But we've also got Mike Pouncey plays on IR for the Dolphins. That is huge, especially with having Matt Moore back there instead of Ryan Tannehill. Losing your center, of course, the brother of Marquise Pouncey is large for that Dolphins team. A.J. Green listed a doubtful play against the Steelers this week. Melvin Gordon is ruled out for this week also. He's three yards shy of 1,000 rushing yards on the season. He's been great this year, and there's a chance he could just miss that 1,000 rushing yards mark, which would be really bad if he's got some sort of stipulation in that contract that says you'll get a bonus if you lose 1,000 yards rushing. Three yards shy and get hurt, that's brutal. And lastly, Ravens quarterback Jimmy Smith is out versus the Eagles, as I mentioned earlier. All right, guys, moving along. Before we go to this week's games, I want to just talk a little bit about the playoff picture and where we are at right now. Sabo, when you miss all that time, we get a little bit of extra time, so we're not scrambling, and we can just we can do a little better stuff. So maybe you're right. Maybe we should pull a Jeff Fisher and just kick you out, and we can just <laughs> have all this extra time.
3: Yeah, I got my extension, then you kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> Not from that blue tilda. <laughs>
1: All
3: right. Um, so where do we sit right now? No, you know uh, Danny Smith. You know what he was teaching the kicker that's going to uh, that? kick against us now. No, I can't even remember his name. Boy. Uh he was teaching him how to do that on side kick. <laughs> he didn't oh know. no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tell you that. I know we
2: we didn't talk about that. I don't think that we I think we missed that week, but. When Chris Boswell was signed, I know I'm behind the silk curtain, someone posted a video of him doing that onside kick and stuff, and we were all kind of laughing and a little giddy over it because it looked so cool and he did it so well. And I was I've been waiting for him to pull it out, and he pulled it out, and I wish he had just left it in, but because that was that was <laughs> pretty bad. But all right, NFL playoff picture right now where we stand in the AFC. The Patriots are the number one seat at 11 and two. They look like they've got that pretty much locked up as, you know, none of us really expect them to lose before the Steelers play them in the AFC Championship. But the Chiefs have the number two seed at 10-3. and You all right,
1: Sam? What the heck is that?
2: Whatever. Oh, there's yeah. some yeah. background noise coming in. Yeah, Chiefs sorry, number two seed at – no, it's okay. It's okay. Chiefs number two seed at 10-3. think and my three.
3: kicking in again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Steelers right now are the number three seed at eight and five. Got the Texans somehow of the number four seed at seven and six. Well, we talked about the Texans a little earlier. They are just they they're frustrating me. They do not. I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs. And they're sitting right now at the number four seed. And Raiders uh, ten and three at the fifth seed. And the Broncos are eight and five with the sixth seed. So where it stands right now, if the playoffs started today. Steelers would be playing in the Broncos at Heinz Field, and the Raiders would be hosting the Texans. It's one of the times when having a lower seed kind of pays off, because I know we would much rather play the Texans than the Broncos, although a little bit of a event would be nice. And the NFC Cowboys are at the first seed at 11-2. They have clinched a playoff berth and clinched their division. The Lions the Lions, are the number two seed at 9-4. I, I was just looking at this earlier, and I somehow forget it and I'm shocked every time. The Lions have a bye right now with the playoffs started. They're 9-4. and four. It, It's it's ridiculous. I mean, kudos to the Lions. They're playing well. But it's just weird for me. I can't see the Lions. I think of the first team to go 0-16, and now they're 9-4. and four. I mean, great job by the staff there. Matt Stafford playing well. Great job by Jim Bunkuder. All of them. Seahawks, number three seed, 9-4-1. and one. The Falcons are the 4th seed, 8, 5, and 0. Giants are the 5th seed, 9, 4. And the Bucks are the 6th seed at 8 and 5. So that's the playoff picture where we're at right now. we got a couple teams in the hunt. Dolphins are 8, 5, 7, seed, 7, seven, six, eight seed. Titans are 7, six, 9 seed. And then our team's got Redskins, 7, 5, and 1. 7, seed. Python, 7, seven, seven six, 8 seed and passes seven and six nine seeds. So everyone, is, it, it's close. We really have no idea how this is going to play out right now. There are teams that are just a game behind or tied and just dealing with tiebreakers as far as who gets into the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward how this one plays out. And with that in mind, let's get to this week's games. We'll talk about the one that we all are most interested in, of course, that is Steelers going into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And let's start with Savo, You bet this one. Let's flip it around. Let's start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on this game, man? How do you see it playing out? What are you going to be looking for? And of course, who do you think will win?
3: I'm going to go with the Steelers. The Steelers are 15 and three against Cincinnati at Cincinnati. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. You know, Montez Burford. You know how many penalties he has this this year?
2: I believe it's only two.
3: I thought it well one, and that other one they didn't call. So he had one for five yards and everything. I think the Steelers, their defense has turned since the the three rookies, and them making uh, James Harrison full time. I think that's the difference, and they're getting a pass rush from Harrison and Dupree, and finally they gave up on uh, Jarvis Jones. And everything, and I got a new nickname for Ryan Shazier. I'm calling him oh. the Bullet. Ryan, you call him what? The Bullet. I'm the like, Bullet. The
0: Bullet. Oh, he, he's certainly fast enough. Uh, yep. He, he's got he's got the he's got the bald head from the from the
1: <laughs>
0: al, al, alopecia, um, which
2: hmm. which he wears his. Uh, uh,
0: Cleeds for that's that's his thing. Do you have do you have a, a score that you want to throw
3: out there, Sable, or a score? I'm gonna. Well, when I was anytime I do the games, I look at point differentials from how many points they scored, how many points the defense gave up. So the difference is six points in this game. Being at home, um, I give them three points. My dad taught me that three points at home. So I'm going to say it's a three-point game. And if the Steelers make their 30 points like they always say, I'm going to go 30-27. I think we got the game pretty well last week. We almost got it down to the, the exact point total and everything like that. We were real close, all all three of us. Say 30-27, Steelers. Mm. Well, I, I, I agree. I agree that the, the Steelers are going to win.
0: Uh, I don't think all year, every year, all year, people kind of worry, Oh, you know, Tomlin's teams play down to lesser teams, and we don't. But when we get to December, and I don't have the numbers, but Tomlin's record in December is, is, is fantastic. And I think anybody watching the team the last four games, and I don't care that they play the Browns, they beat a good not as a good Giants team and a good Bills team on the road that we were worried about them, and they went in there and they whooped their butts. The team has found out who they are, um, and like like Sable said, their defense. Once they get up on Jarvis Jones, and and with Cam, when Cam went out, and you thought their defense is going to fall apart, and Stefan Tui, I don't know what it. I mean, he was playing good this year. But it's like he decided, okay, I got to step up more because Cam's out. And he has been, if you watch the game, he has been destroying uh, uh, the offensive line. I even said it, if, if you guys watch Star Wars, Cam pulled, Cam, this was Cam's trick. He pulled his obi one trick. He told Darth, he said, Darth, if you strike me down, I, I will become more powerful than you can imagine. I think Cam did that. He said, I'll go down, and these guys are going to take my spirit. <laughs> and that, 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 They're playing fantastic. Sean Davis, out of his mind. We won last week without Javon. He's going to be back this week. Our defense is playing well. The Bengals, as uh, Matt alluded to uh, earlier, their offensive line is atrocious this year. They've tried three different guys at right tackle. I think Bud Dupree gets at right tackle. Is going to have a field day. Their center uh Bodine is is awful. So what it's Javon in in there in the middle, uh McClendon and Walton, McCauri said that last week, they're gonna destroy that offensive line. Uh Matt mentioned earlier the Brown. The Browns sacked Dalton four times last week. Um so and without not to mention without their top playmaker, AJ Green, his list is doubtful, one of the stats only three guys this year listed as doubtful have played. And they're reporting he's he's, he's out. I and mean, he'll take a miracle from the play, and and they don't have Giovanni Bernard. He scares me more as a running back than than Hill. We'll shut down Hill. Bernard catching pass out of the backfield is hurt us in the pass. He's not there. Eifert, we've done a much better job on tight ends. I really don't see the Bengals scoring a lot of points unless we turn it over or something. I don't know if we'll score 30, stable, but I I see us getting in the mid 20s, and I really don't think the Bengals will score. I think it's more 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 of a like a 20 27 to 16. I know that the three point home, by I I just don't see the Bengals. We're running the ball great. Uh, our offensive line is protecting great. The Bengals defense isn't what it was their – a guy, he's a backup, a Gilberry who plays well for them. He's a good sub guy in there. He's one of the long guys. He's doubtful. My money Pac-Man doesn't do anything. Pac-Man can't. He has some few going on with Terrell Pryor. I don't know what that's all about. But uh, they're they're still the bungles. I'll say that. So I I don't see them giving us. So they'll play us tough, but I I think we'll pull away. I think we just have too much. What, what do, do you call think, man?
3: Something. He called, garbage. Uh, he called him garbage. You about? He went on
2: this yeah. he went on this rant that only Pac-Man Jones can go on, and refused <laughs> to answer any question that wasn't about Terrell Pryor, which really makes you think that Terrell Pryor's in his head a little bit. I mean, he's saying he's garbage. Then why are you having a whole like interview about him? That's the only questions you'll take. I mean, he pulled out a trash can and was looking in the trash can for Terrell Pryor and everything. It was just it was as mature as you would think pac Jones would be you know it, <laughs> Yeah, it was just odd I'm with you guys though I, I think the Steelers win this one it's it's going to be interesting to see I mean this is this is the first game that Le'Veon Bell has played with, against the Bengals in you know close to a year the first time Bronte's perfect will play against us since that dramatic AFC wild card game and if anyone needs I mean I wouldn't think so, but I know Jeff Harvin posted a thing earlier on BTSC. I mean, if anyone needs to get pumped up for this game, just go back and watch the highlights from that Steelers-Bengals uh, wildcard game. It was it was an intense game, and we hope this game is much cleaner, comes out healthier, and we hope it doesn't come down to the wire like it did last time. But I'm with you guys, Steelers, over the Bengals. I'm going to say something like 28 to 13 well, let me ask you guys before we move on are you at all worried about i know he's played well before you know in cincy but this Ben on the road thing it's not working too well this season and i i well we can talk about this one on, on a later podcast but i really don't get what the what the big difference is with going on the road even i mean you can be an hour or two away and for some reason, it makes a huge difference if you're at home or on the road. Uh, and I, I I don't understand, but we can get more into that later. But are you guys confident that Ben's not going to drop, you know, another stinker on the road in Cincinnati? Uh,
0: I am, and, and, and the main reason why – last week, I think part of it, I'm not explaining all the way, because he has had the problems on the road, especially this year. The numbers are unbelievable. It's like eight touchdowns and eight interceptions on the road. And at home, it's like – 17 to 3. Uh, but he's in Ohio. That doesn't count. He kicks butt in Ohio. So I got no worries. He's from Miami, of Ohio. He they, they played the Browns in Ohio and kills them. Uh, so it's in Ohio.
3: I'm not worried about it. That's his second home. <laughs> what do you think, Tim? You took it right out of my mouth, that Ohio <laughs> thing. He owns Cleveland, he owns Cincinnati and Ohio. I think since 14, the split was 22. 22, 22 uh, touchdowns on the road and 22 interceptions and everything. But I know he's a lot better when he's in Ohio and everything. Been on the road. Um, I think it was you, Freddie, was saying it's December ball now and everything. They know they probably have to win out. Probably the only game they will lose will be to Cleveland, and that will break. <laughs> that <laughs> one win here, in nothing. Everything. So and then you're coming in for the Baltimore game that I think that's going to be the big game but I I can't see Ben having a, another stinker and everything yeah. like that unless he can blame it on the weather. I don't know what the weather is going to be tomorrow over One there point every... to make. One point to make and
2: while this is a, a would be a great game to win and of course you want to keep that momentum going go go with that winning streak not welcome Baltimore in after having a loss but it, really, in the long run, unless unless my you know the numbers are off for me, this isn't a, a must-win game for the Steelers. They could lose this game, go to eight and six. The Ravens could, even if the Ravens win this week against Philly, they would go to eight and six, and it still comes down to that game in Heinz Field. The Steelers beat them, you go to nine and six. The Ravens drop to eight and seven. That, that's that's really what it comes down to. So while this would yeah. be a good to win, and you know it's a division game, and everything like that. You want to keep that momentum. You don't want to have a slip up because if you lose to the Bengals, that doesn't bode well for your playoff chances. But if something crazy happens, nobody needs to really you know freak out and curse the season because they still control their own destiny as far as winning the division and getting into the playoffs.
3: But all right, moving right along, we talked. Can I a talk about, bit about James Harrison? For one second. Absolutely. Okay, James Harrison, this is going to be a big game, I think, because this might be the last game he's going to play in Cincinnati against that Whitworth and everything. So I think he's going to have a big game, too, and everything. And the Steelers have had the fewest negative plays in the NFL, offensively and everything. But I think it's going to be big. Harrison could be – this could be his last game. I, I think he might come back, but it might be his last game. And there's something I mean, on YouTube. I don't know if you guys uh, saw it. They had Harrison talking in Cincinnati to the linebacker coach. And I can't remember. I think it was Green was coming across the middle in practice, and Harrison lit him up. And the linebacker coach, I, I have no idea what his name was, goes, what are you doing and everything? That's our star. He goes, he came in my area. I nailed him. And the linebacker coach kept on harping on Harrison about this. And Harrison said, I was doing my job. You understand? And the linebacker coach went back to him and said, Do you understand what I'm saying? This went back and forth. And guess who had the last, uh, I understand? Do you understand me? It was Harrison. And the linebacker coach, Yeah, okay, I understand you. So. <laughs> that might have been- that is called being an alpha male right
2: there. It's called being Debo. Yep. It's, I'm not, that guy's just great. And, I uh, I wasn't really going to get to this cause we, we're, we got to move quickly, but we'll try have to move a little extra quickly to, through our next games. But did you guys see James Harrison had his eighth and ninth random quote unquote drug test of the season so far this year? It's yeah, it's pretty astonishing. It's, to me, it's borderline harassment at this point. No one really thinks that this is random anymore. You're testing it multiple times a week. It's it's just pretty crazy.
3: Why? Because I did. Of ways, That's good, Dell.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, no, I did see that. No, I like to say it with pain. I that That's just what I Like There was two within the last week or so um, where he posted the thing where you only get the message saying, you know, you're going to get to show up and all this. I don't know what, what that is. I mean, he's proven time and time again that he's clean. <laughs> so I don't know what, what, what kind of point they're trying to push. But, yeah, whatever. I think that might be the only thing that would keep it. If James doesn't want to
3: play is because he's sick of this nonsense.
0: But, yeah.
3: I would love the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. And Goodell has to hand – he's going to hand it to the Rooney's first. Then he'll go to Ben. Maybe he's MVP or Bell or something like that. And then he, he has to hand it to Harrison. Oh, <laughs> that would be oh great. I would just love that and everything.
2: I I think Harrison would love that. Too. Wouldn't it wouldn't be great if Harrison got, you know, the MVP somehow. And Goodell just, and the rudy just stepped back and they let Cadell hand it to him first. That would just be <laughs> terrific. And it, I'll I'll move right along after this one because we do have to, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that outside linebacker rotation after Harrison and Dupree played, you know, mainly all the snaps there last week. And They really stopped that rotation. It'll be interesting to see if they keep doing that because earlier, Joey Porter was saying Harrison's not a guy who you want to play, you know, 125 snaps a game, you know, anything like that, because he will get tired and he won't be as explosive. Just something to watch for. Another game we want to talk about really got – three, four more we want to talk about games for us, really Steelers fans and NFL fans to watch and pay attention to. But the big one is Philly versus Baltimore. The game that we're talking the Steelers don't have to win against the Bengals. It would become even less important if Baltimore loses in Philly. I don't see it happening. This Philly team is very different from the team that we played way back when in week three both teams coming off of losses. Who do you have in this one, Fred? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, sorry, Christina, babe, but uh, you're right. This is not the same team. They, they, they haven't had receivers all year. They don't have a receiver. This is the Eagles I'm talking about. They don't have Sproles, their little Mighty Mouse running back. He's out. They, they, their offensive line, Lane Johnson, is still out. Wentz is starting to come back down their to their teams and figure it out. In Baltimore, uh, Philly, Philly. I really their their biggest. Uh, I think uh, accomplishment is not being shut out. I their offense is going to struggle big time. Yeah, I, I I I don't no way the Ravens. They're a tough-minded team, and I have no way they lose this one at home. I don't know how many points they'll score, but the the Eagles might not score any. So I got a low-scoring game, but uh, the Ravens. What about you, Sable?
3: Christina, honey, I'm going to pick Philadelphia.
1: <laughs>
3: no, just just to be a kiss ass with her. Um, I'm I'm gonna go Baltimore. Uh, I, I don't want to, but I'm gonna have uh, Philadelphia is on a downhill. You know they're they're going downhill real fast and everything. So I got I, I have to go with Baltimore. I mean I'd love Philadelphia to win. So Would be two up and everything, but. I think being at Bob, I just have to go to Baltimore.
1: Yeah,
2: this is a time where, I mean, picking with our heart and picking with our brain are very different in this one. Of course, we all would love Baltimore to lose this one. Me and Fred would probably be more comfortable at home if Philly wins this one. We would have, (laughs) you know, happier relationships. But uh, I'm with you guys taking Baltimore in this one. I think they're going to win this one pretty easily. Big game to watch also is Tennessee versus Kansas City. Not only is it going to be a good matchup, good playoff seeding potentials, but as I was talking with Fred earlier, if you are a Steelers fan, which I assume you are listening to this podcast, your dream scenario right now is for the Steelers to get the number two seed. It's not likely, but it's possible, and crazier things have happened. For that to happen, the Steelers need to win out, and Kansas City needs to lose two games. And Oakland needs to leave, lose two games in the final three. If all of that happens, the Steelers are the number two seed behind, you would think, the New England Patriots. They get a bye, which would be big, and they get home games until they play, if they play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. So that would be big. watch Tennessee versus Kansas City. Tennessee coming off a big win in Denver. Kansas City coming off big win. I mean, that winning against Oakland was just something else that really, I mean, moved them up to the number two seed right now. So, big, big game for sure. Who are you taking in this one, Fred?
0: I got to go with with Kansas City,
2: Tennessee. I'll tell you what, I they I
0: was dead wrong on them. I thought they wouldn't be anything this year uh, with Mike Mularkey, but they've shown that they got they built their offensive line. They can run the ball uh they, they ran right over Denver last week and, and held on. But the, the Chiefs have a uh, at home they have an offense, they have a quarterback, they they got that quick little uh, guy Hill now make a place for them. Too much for Tennessee. Tennessee's made strides this year, but I think uh I think this is where, where it stops. Kansas City at home error has been the toughest place to play. So uh I got I got Kansas City in you know, a relatively low score one.
3: What about you, Stable? I'm gonna go Tennessee now. <laughs> um, I can't go with t- – is this going to be Tennessee's third game in a row on the road? You guys remember that?
0: Oh,
3: oh they they were home last week. Oh, they were home last week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought they were on the road versus – I can't remember. Was it Denver? Okay. Denver. I'm going to go Kansas yes, City. Denver. Yeah, I'm going to go Kansas City on this one. I, I mean, just like you said, we want them to lose two out of three. So I'd like to pick Tennessee to win. So that would be already one, and then they only have to lose one more, and everything. But I think Kansas City is whew, is the second best team right now, and everything like that, real close to the Steelers. So I'd say they're they're two and two a Kansas City and the Steelers. some but I I want Tennessee to win. Hope it's close. I hope it comes down to the end, and Tennessee has a shot to win it. and gets lucky or something like that, but I think Kansas City home is just too good.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you guys. It's another game where who we're picking doesn't really mean who we want to win. We rooting for Tennessee hard. It's, it's good to see, you know, LeBeau doing well down there and everything like that. It's, it's good to see, but I'm picking Kansas City. They are a good team. They got Macklin back, who's going to work more into the offense than last week, and Hill is just, I mean, he needs to come in Someone who we expect a big play from every single week, whether it's an offense or special teams. And Tennessee, I mean, if they even if they don't make the playoffs, I think everyone can say this is a bit of a successful year for the Titans, and they are setting themselves up well down the road. They're going to have the Rams' first round pick, you know, next year, next draft, and along with their own, and that looks like a top ten pick from the Rams. So. They are setting themselves up to be, you know, contenders down the line. But moving right along, another big game, Detroit versus New York Giants. Detroit right now, as we mentioned before, sitting at the number two seed. The Giants are the number five seed. So big game for both of them as they hope to stay in the playoff race. Who you got in this one, Fred? Wow.
0: I don't know. Both of these teams have made a <laughs> – Become masters of winning close games this year. Uh, The 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 Detroit they've been behind in every game but one this year in the fourth quarter, and they've won uh, every single one of them. That they uh, they won seven of seven of those. So and this to me is a coin toss. Uh, Does does Matt Stafford with his glove and his and his and his bust his finger? uh, Does can he win? The Giants. Uh, this is gonna be another 17 to 14 games. These uh, coin toss. I, I can, the, can the Lions because the Lions could easily lose their last three games. They play at the Giants, at the Cowboys, and they. Uh, they uh, the Giants went to a all home. I'm gonna go with Detroit. Just for the heck of it, the Gunslinger Stafford does it. Do you know why? Because people love saying the name Jim Bob
3: Cooter. Oh. Just on that. <laughs> go, go ahead, say what do you think. Ooh, is this, I don't know who's, what team's going to show up. Detroit's <laughs> been coming back in the fourth quarter. Is this the giant team that played us? If it's the giant team that played the Steelers, then I'm going to go with uh, Detroit. So they had a good game last week. They won the Giants, a real good game. So they're on a little bit of a roll. I'm going to go with – it's going to be close, but no, I'll go with Detroit coming back in the fourth quarter. I don't know why they just – keep on doing it. So I'll go with Detroit.
2: Interesting. I'm I'm going to go against you guys. I'm going to take the Giants in this one. I mean, keep in mind Matt Stafford has a dislocated, he dislocated his middle finger, and we saw what happened with Derek Carr and his dislocated finger. So that could be big moving forward. The Giants, I think, have an underrated secondary with Eli Apple and Landon Collins and Jack Rabbit Jenkins, as he likes to be called now. It's <laughs> It'll be a, a good game for sure, but I'm going to take the Giants in this one. It,
3: Matt, is that on his throwing right? hand? He dislocated.
2: it. Yes, I sense? believe it is. Oh, it is Detroit's it's throwing it's hand, and oh. it's going to be rainy, rainy weather too. So rainy weather, just dislocated middle finger. It's. I mean, who knows what what can happen? It could not be a, a big deal. It could be a big deal. Just more to watch. And right now, I mean, these are both what would happen if
3: Stafford, as well. Oh, excuse me.
0: What would happen if no, Stafford gonna... to be coach? <laughs> <laughs> That would that would be a thing. You, know, you know what's you know gonna happen? Stafford's gonna come down in the fourth quarter, they're gonna be down by like four and he's gonna he's gonna flip the bottles over here, he's gonna throw a game winning pass left handed. Mark <laughs> it down. <laughs> there you go. Oh
2: man, well he's, he's he's ambidextrous too. <laughs> <laughs> he is a he is a tough son of a gun, isn't he? Both teams are nine and four. It's crazy. Lions are nine and four, second seed. Giants are nine and four, fifth seed. So, I mean, this is a game that both guys. I mean, they want to improve their playoff standings or keep it and definitely stay in the race. Uh, as I mentioned with the Chiefs and Titans earlier, Chiefs ten and three, second seed. Titans are seven and six, ninth seed. So, if they win and the Texans lose, then they will become, I believe. No, uh, yeah, I believe they will be co- take over the fourth seed and be ahead in the AFC South right now. So just playoff implications every week. It, it just makes this time of the year more exciting. But moving along, last game we're going to talk about, unless there's, we have a little extra time, Tampa Bay versus Dallas. Tampa Bay is surging right now. They, they've they got some wins going on. They uh, are a sixth seed right now at 8-5. and five. The Cowboys are the first seed, but they're coming off of, I mean, two not great games, one bad game against the Giants where they only put up seven points. So Tampa Bay going into Dallas, major game to watch for sure. I mean, it, it's not it's not inconceivable. It's, I, I will just never get over this Lions thing, but it's not inconceivable that Dallas can lose this game, lose one more, and the Lions take over the number one seed. But Bucks versus Cowboys, who are you taking, Freddie? <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, another good one. Yeah, great game. This this, by the way, is a game that was flexed into the Sunday night game. The Steeler and Bengals game was flexed out because the, the Bengals bungled and they said, you're not good, so we're going to put another game in. So this is the game that got flexed into it, uh, the Fox and the Cowboys. Fox are playing great defense. They they oh, yeah. held Drew Brees for a second straight game on a touchdown. That doesn't happen too often. They're playing physical. They're playing tough. That Jameis Winston... Uh, he can do more than steal crab legs. He's he's becoming a young leader. The Receiver Evans is a is a is a beast. He's big. Uh, I, I I I'm going back for. It. I'm gonna say I'm gonna change what I was thinking earlier. Tampa Bay's gonna go into Dallas. They're gonna beat them. And the next week you're gonna to see Tony Romo come off the bench. Romo is gonna have something to say. No, I it's gonna to be tough. I think uh, this is a a really a wake up call for Dallas to see. Can they get back to where they were? And uh, Tampa Bay's playing tough. They play a lot of confidence. They beat the Chiefs in Kansas City a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Yep. What do you say, Paul?
3: I think I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, too. Um, I want Dallas to be the most dysfunctional team.
2: Uh, I know their
3: numbers. <laughs> I hope Jerry Jones. I think I did say it's going to come down to Dallas is going to be in the Super Bowl. He's going to bench Dak. And play Romo. Well, it might not even make it that long. <laughs> Dak has another jam, bad game. Then there, I don't. I'd have to go. Um, I'm going to go with Tampa. Just, just because I want them to just completely disintegrate and everything. Dallas, because let's make it. If, if we get to the Super Bowl, if we beat New England, we go over and play the other division. Who's going to be? You're thinking the number one seed might be Detroit then. I'll take that in <laughs> yeah. for the Super Bowl. You know? <laughs> it'll,
2: be, <laughs> in that. it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Whoever we play. I, oh, this this is just so tough. I mean, I, I don't know. what what I think Buccaneers, I just think not a very good team. But they've been a very good team, recently, in that defense. I mean, Chris Conte has back-to-back. Their safety is back-to-back, game-winning interceptions. He's playing great. We all know what Lamonte David can do. It's an... Seamus Winston is just playing great. Mike Evans is up there with Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, and Odell Beckham as top receivers in the league, and A.J. Green, of course. I, I'm going to go with you guys. I'm, I'm going to take bucks. I'm. I was a little upset at first when the steelers bengals game got flexed out, but this is going to be a heck of a game, and you, you can't really be that upset about a primetime game like this. So with that, all of us taking the Bucks. I think that'll do it for us. Do you guys have anything to add before we close this one out? Uh,
0: Matt, I will just add it. As I mentioned at the beginning, we had a little
2: Christmas get together because we'll be away
0: next week. And my mom got me the book, Chuck Knoll, His Life's Work. So thank you. I look forward to reading it. It's got great reviews and so great, great stealer gift. So I haven't read it yet, but it's got great reviews. So I look forward to reading that.
3: Merry Christmas.
0: Thank you, Mom. What do you say, Sable?
3: After you're done with the book, send it my way and everything. I didn't get it unless someone gets it for me. You know, two of my favorite co-hosts, they want to pitch in and buy me that book and send it to me. I just want to know how you, when you did the opening, Matt, what did you say about me? Or did you even talk about me?
2: I did the Browns quarterback, Matt, for you. (laughs) (laughs) To the the tune of Jingle Bells. It was fantastic. I'm sorry you missed it. And we're – We're actually going to edit it out, and so it's for live listeners only. So I'm sorry (laughs) you, you, you missed it, man. But, all right, I guess that will do it for the Black and Gold NFL recap. And we'll see you all next week, hopefully after a Steelers victory over the Bengals. We'll talk Steelers, Ravens, get you caught up on what happened, get you caught up on what will happen, all the news, as always, signing off for Matt, Fred, and Sabo. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you all next week.
3: Have a nice Christmas. Single
2: <laughs> bell. <Thanks>. All right. <laughs> of
3: course, Merry Christmas
2: to all.